Hello and welcome to River Talk, where we sit down with some of the Rivertown area's most interesting and notable people. Today we are sitting down with Leesta Brown, a institution here in the city of Peekskill and now uh, running for city council. Uh, Ms. Brown, thank you so much for sitting down with me. Thank you for having me. Uh, so you're somebody who, when I started working in this area, everyone seemed to know. Uh, you're, you're someone who's, who's been a fixture in Peekskill for a long time. Uh, have you lived here your whole life? Uh, no. My, my older sisters and their children have lived here all their life. So I've been actually coming to Peekskill since I'm three months old. Um, the woman that raised me, uh, my mother, I consider her. Uh, I was raised in Austin, but mainly here in Peekskill because my nieces and nephews were closer to my age. So Peekskill has always been my second home. And, and what is it about Peekskill that you, you have such a connection with? Oh, my gracious. There's so much. My, my, my brother-in-law led the spirit of 76 in the 4th of July parades. Uh, just my family, my sisters, my brothers, we've always come here. Depew Park was our go-to place for our, for our picnics. Um, I just love Peekskill. I've always loved Peekskill much better than Osnan. <laughs> Uh, so uh, you're you're running for office now. Uh, I am. You've, you've you've been involved in politics. You've made your voice heard. Um, how how important has it been for you to be involved in in local politics? Very important. I, I've always felt that there were folks that were left behind. Um, I, this is not my first rodeo. I did run for mayor in 2009 on an independent ticket, uh, Peaceville Populist, uh, largely because they told me I couldn't ballot, get on the ballot, so I did. And, and, and like I said, people have been left behind for a very long time with this administration and past administrations. Both parties are responsible for the diminished quality of life in Peaceville. I um, I've raised a lot of cane about what they're doing, how they're doing, their transparency and their inclusion, which I've not seen that, uh, especially recently in the last eight years in the city of Peekskill. And, and by inclusion, you mean uh, the inclusion of the people of Peekskill? The inclusion of our citizens and our residents, our taxpayers, our, those in poverty, those in wealth, and everybody in between. So what are, what are some of the, the big issues in Peekskill that you, uh, as an elected official, would work to address? Well, housing, our existing housing, uh, the conditions, the safety, the health-wise. Uh, the, the, the new housing, who is that directed for? The gentrification is really troubling me. Um, I feel that with the new development and the direction of this administration that once again the people in public housing are being left behind and I, I i don't want them left out let's include them let's get their voice let's see what they want what we have is a lot of people telling us what they're going to do a lot of smoke and mirrors oh we're going to do this or we're going to do that but they're leaving a lot of people behind one of their biggest things is the youth if you notice every campaign they use oh we're going to do something for the kids we're going to do something for the kids but they bypass the parents it's nice to do something for the kids and 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 quite frankly i'm impressed with some of the programs for the youth that the youth bureau is putting out um but what about the parents of these children okay they, they've talked about apprenticeship programs that has not come to fruition yet they, they're, they're having all of these union 
people come to the youth bureau, oh, we get a job, but without pre-apprenticeship programs, how will these adults get this job? How will these adults take care of their children? It's nice to have them come to the youth bureau and do tie-dye shirts and all of that, but at the end of the day, they have to go home. The parents have to really be self-sufficient. So I would hope to introduce programs that would make that the city more self-sufficient in that particular demographics in the low-income area. Sure. So you, uh, you know, you definitely have a connection with uh, people in public housing in the city. Um, you know, where, where, where does that connection come from? Do, do you have- I don't think I don't think that there's any situation that anyone's living in public housing or whether it be addiction or anything that I have not experienced personally myself and overcome and risen above. I'm not perfect. No one's perfect. Um, so I think that I'm the authority on how to rise up out of that nightmare of living. I've lived in public housing, has been evicted from public housing, all right, in another, I'm going back 30 years. But how those things came about and no one to stand up and fight for you when you know what you're doing is right. There's no one to fight for them. There's no voice. I mean, we have a lot of grassroots leaders in this community that have been bypassed and overlooked, not just myself, not just myself, there's quite a few of them. But they pick and choose who they want to be our leaders, and I don't think that's absolutely fair, okay? This this slate that's coming here now, these are new folks. Welcome to the new folks. But don't come up and try to change the thread of the city of people that we've got five generations of families that help build this, this city, okay? I, I just think that we need more of a voice, just the everyday people voice. I'm an everyday people. My slate is the everyday people. We're not lawyers or scholars or business owners. One is, one is my mayoral candidate is a business owner, and he would tell you his story better, but he came up from the bottom. So, you know, you you, you talk a lot about the, the forgotten uh, people of, of Peekskill, people in poverty, people who are struggling, and and the people who should be helped by local government. And well, lo- let, let me correct you on that. Sure, Not sure. only are the people in poverty being left behind, you got the middle class that's being left behind, and you have the wealthy. Like I said, my commitment will be in poverty and wealth and everything in between as far as serving this community. So that inc- that's my inclusion part. I, you know, uh, a lot of opportunities are around the corner, I want to produce those opportunities to to the ones that may not have theirs, like the people in the boulevard or, but my whole thing is to embrace the entire community. The middle class have a lot to say, uh, the wealthy have a lot to say, and I think that one of the basic things that we can do that near that inclusion is quality of life issues if we address them and be honest about addressing them and saying what it is and, and, and telling the residents who may be more involved in that what we want from them, what we can do for them. Okay. So uh, quality of life issues, specifically in, in Peekskill, what, what does that entail for you? Uh, let's, let's talk about building inspectors, okay? Our building code enforcement, that's a big deal. Um, if we're, not in, if we're not enforcing our codes, 
you got folks living in zombie houses. You got zombie houses that are not being addressed or looked at. I, um, I, I think the police, let's get to the police. We, 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 they're talking about this police reform situation. And um, I think that as the mayor in his, in his address to the city, rightfully commended police department. We're down, what, 10 officers, I think, or something like that. Um, the police reform is, is, is important, but we need more police in the community and the neighborhood. When I was coming up, we knew cops by their first name. They knew our parents. They knew our, whoever we were. If there was an issue, our parents were able back then to talk to the police. I don't see that happening now. I don't see the police on the bicycles. I don't see it. it's it's almost now because of the air in this in this police reform, the police are almost afraid to do their job. But their job is to protect and to serve. And our job is to do everything that we can so they can do that. I'm not sure how much training you can't train a police officer to be sensitive. Sure, there's some more training that needs to be done in the police department. Um, but when you have elected officials that are calling the police the N-words because they got a ticket, what kind of impression does that give these young kids that are running around doing what they're doing if our elected officials are calling the police the N-word? Sure. Well, you know, there's there's been, you know, I think a lot of people would agree there's been a lot of division uh, in in society over over the past few years uh, wow. a, along a lot of lines and and it seems like unity is is something that's important very much important I, although I'm a little controversial people I, I've, I've had confrontations with people as you mentioned earlier but that's basically because you lie and I and I and, and if you're telling a story why not just tell the truth don't point the finger at me when you've done the very same thing that I've done you understand what I'm saying? Um, I, I think that there's more that can be done. We need to have that conversation instead of, and, and, and don't get offensive to this, this white guilt thing where we want to change the police and we want to do that because they can raise their hands now and say, look at us, we're, we're, we're not guilty. We're, we're good. It's 400 years of all of this stuff. We're making this up. We're going to make this up to you. It's not really helping the community that they think they're, t they're targeting. In fact, it's retarding us. It's, it's, it's keeping us back. It has taken us back. We're not progressing as a race here with this, that narrative, which is exhausting. Um, it happened. There's, there's going to be racism in all walks of life. I don't know that it's going to go away. It's here. But peace scale. I just don't see that. Now, I see that's the narrative here. It's not, have you looked around Peekskill? We've got some beautiful little children. They're not all African-American or black, or however they want to be identified. We've always been a close community. No matter what color we were, if you were hungry, you were going to eat. It's not like that anymore. We don't even know the people anymore in our city. They don't know us. They just know what they hear. Well, somebody said, she's bad. So she's got to be bad, but you don't know me. You don't know me. Get to know me. All right. 
Yeah, I mean, that Peekskill is, is the kind of place where there is that sort of neighborhood feeling sometimes. We've always had the neighborhood feeling. Somehow, some way, it's just been divided. I'm pointing fingers, screaming and hollering. They're pointing fingers, screaming and hollering. Look where we are today. There's a grave division here. Now we've got a division with the housing, affordable housing. Well, Peekskill, if not number one, is number two in affordable housing. We've got over 6,000 units of affordable housing. But I've got seniors that are living off $15 a month after they pay their rent in these so-called affordable senior housing. Can't get them a Section 8 voucher. They get a check for $1,500. they are paying $1,060 a month to live. Okay? It, it, I, I just think that, that, that there's more that we can do, us, not the government. I want the government to keep saying, give me more, give me more, give me more. Um, that entitlement thing that they're pushing, give me more. But why not tell them, why don't you do this, instead of saying, we're going to give you that, and, and that should be good enough for you. I don't think that's good. I think that we need more inclusion, more voices from outside, not the politicians. I'm not a politician. I'm just a big mouth, and, 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 and I'm nosy, okay? So I'm running because I'm nosy. You might as well elect me because I'm not going to mind my business. But that's just basically what it is. So, it, you know, you've, you've, been, you've made your voice heard. You've been very involved in, in local politics for quite some time. Um, was, was there something that sort of sparked that? Was there, was there something where you said, you know what, I, I'm going to go down to City Hall and I'm going to make my voice heard? Is... I, I, um, there's a number of things that sparked it that I don't like to revisit. Um, one of them is with the housing board. Like, I love my housing authority community. I, that's all family, you know. Um, I think seeing how the folks was, were, their issues in public housing is what really brought me to the forefront. Um, that, and just the, the officials on both sides of the aisle. You know, they tell you what you want to hear because your ears are itching, but do they really mean that? Okay? The school district, you know, the product they were putting out and still today. The lack of choice. Why can't there be a choice? Why aren't you not offering these people a choice? Why are you telling them what is best for them? I think that choice is a big deal. You, t you choose what you want and, and, and the consequences of your choice you deal with. Am I right about that? I, I'm, I'm, you know. So there's a whole lot of everything that's been going on. And in the last 12 years, the division has really, really been bad. This side is over there, and that side is over there. People that have looked their nose down on the low-income community are now using them by saying, we're going to do this. And we're, show me. Show me the, the return on the interest that, uh, for the taxpayers. Where's their return on their investment? Whether it be city services, okay, whether it be DPW, where is the return on the investment that the taxpayers have put into this? Okay. So you said you, you ran for mayor in, in 2009, I I independently. Independently. Sure. What, what was that experience like? 
it <laughs> it was slow moving, but it was exciting. I mean, at least it, it, it was exciting. I wasn't disappointed. I, I knew going out the gate, because I started late, coming out the gate, that I would probably not get elected, because that's when the air of who should be a leader in, in, in Peekskill came out. At that time was the, uh, the Forster regime, I like to say. Okay. And what they did is they used the low-income community basically to come out after me saying, oh, she's going to get rid of public housing. She's going to get rid of the Kylie Center. She wants to bring the Boys and Girls Club here. She's trying to get rid of you. Well, now here we are 14 years later. And what are they doing? They're bringing the Boys and Girls Club to the Kylie Center without any input from the community that lives down there. That is their community center. Okay. I, I rode by there today, and if you look at the back of the Kylie Center, when they start building that Baltimore project, I think we're going to have a great big oops, because if you look at the back of the Kylie Center, it's sitting on slats, okay, the bricks of slats. So we had an incident, uh, the Newkirk property up on Crown Pound Road when they started building and building, and all of a sudden this guy's house goes rolling down the hill, okay. I think that's what's going to happen with the Kylie Center. Would have been nice to talk to the residents of the housing authority uh, who fought very hard. One dude, uh, this Daryl Davis, who's also a gross, we didn't always agree, but he's a grassroots activist here in this city. Sometimes the things he did is bad, sometimes it's good, but he fought 30 years, odd years ago for that community center. So now you're going to say to the community, oh well, the city's going to take it back, which I've not seen, and I don't know if anyone else in the press has seen an agreement from HUD to return that Kylie Center to the city. So is this all smoke and mirrors? Are they going to try to build Balter? And it comes tumbling down, and they say, oops, well, now we have to rebuild it to their liking, not to the community liking. Okay. Um, just, just so much division. I've, in the last year, or so I've tried to calm down with my finger pointing and my, oh, you're a knucklehead, uh, da, 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 because it, it is not getting us anywhere. So I figure I'll run. I'll get my points out. And, and we'll see. He just had a state of the city. 7,712 words this guy spoke. Not one of them mentioned the finances of the city. Nothing. Nothing about the finances. It was actually a video resume of him how great he's done for the city. Okay, well, I want to congratulate him when he goes out and wish him well on his endeavors. But look how he's left us, okay? Uh, nothing on the state of the city did he mention the finances. The new controller says that we have this surplus. Then why the raise in the taxes? What was it, 3.67%? If we had this surplus, why did he raise the taxes? Why did they raise the taxes? They're not telling, they're only telling people what little bit they want to hear. No transparency. No transparency. Just recently, I don't know if you're familiar with the Honeywell Project. The Honeywell Project was something that the city gave them $4 million. I guess they were going to get us HVAC systems and all of this. Well, the courthouse has no air conditioning. At last, the last public meeting, the Cal, they went into an RFP for an air conditioner sitting for the court system, which is New York State, but we're their landlord. 
they went into exec executive session. That's going to cost us more than $40,000. Don't you think the public needed to know about that? There's no fire alarm system in the neighborhood center. Now I need to wonder why they're really not bringing the seniors back to the neighborhood center. Everything else is opening up. The library just got two weeks ago smoke detectors. So there's no fire, there's no fire alarm system in, 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 in the neighborhood center where our seniors should be able to go now that, that things are being lifted up. No fire alarm system. Why did the public not know about that? You gave Honeywell. Well, I don't think the fire alarm system has anything to do with Honeywell. It's just overall they're just keeping secrets, keeping secrets, keeping secrets, um, not telling the truth, talking to you and doing a lot of smiling and a lot of grinning and a lot of nice talk, and you're not serving the public the way you should. Sure. So, so now, uh, now you're running for council as part of a, a, a slate. Tell me about how this slate of people came together. Um, God bless the dead. Bruce Bellum put out a, a an ad asking for anyone that wanted to run uh, for for a seat in the city. Now, while I'm on the Republican ticket, I want to make it very clear that I'm an independent. All right, or non. However, the independent party, as you know, doesn't have the support. So now, I guess we're considered nons. Um, so I, I was interested in that. I thought of doing a, a, an independent ticket again, like I did before. But uh, that generally doesn't work if you don't have the support. So I figured I'll, I'll, I'll go to the nominating committee and see what happened. And, and the others did, so I did, and was nominated. And I'm grateful and humbled. And, and you worked with the late Bruce Bellum, uh, somebody who's... Who Bruce was, actually was not here to see me get nominated. Oh, I know wow. he's up there cracking up. <laughs> um, but yes, I did work with him, a great community guy, good to the community. This is someone who, it didn't matter who you were, what you were. Of course, you know he was a county cop and was very good friends, by the way, with DMX. So they're up there hanging out together. You know, a, a lot of people say that, uh, you know, I spoke with um, Linda Puglisi, who was the town supervisor mm -hmm. of Cortland for many years, and, and she said something to me that, um, you know, uh, building a park or keeping the roads fixed is not a Republican or a Democrat issue. Absolutely. It's a, it's, it's a people issue. It's a Absolutely. town issue, you Absolutely. know, and and it, it seems like that sort of partisan uh, back and forth has no room here in peace scale. Yeah, has no room here in peace scale. Okay, there, there's a, a lot of like I said, both parties are responsible for the diminished quality of life in peace scale. All of that leads to the quality of life. As you see, recently we've had an attack into Pew Park. They don't want cameras into Pew Park. How are we supposed to protect now? The the the, the way things are, times are different. Children. These children are angrier. As you can see, we had three unfortunate situations here in the last year. Children are angrier, and they're angrier, younger, 17, 18. Nobody at 18 years old should be doing 20 years in prison. Okay, But we've, we're boasting this youth bureau, oh, we did this, we did that. Well, who are you targeting? Who are you targeting? You get all of these grants. Who are you really targeting? I. I I, a lot of division has come. A lot of people are hating each other simply because that one got better sneakers than the other one. I think that 
we need to address things a whole lot differently. First of all, let's us adults try to get along. The ones in power and the ones that they're supposed to govern over. Invite the people in. Open City Hall. Talk to the people. Ask them what they want. Don't tell them what you're going to do for them. Ask them what they want. What would you like? I would like, I'd, like I said, I'd like to include them in whether it be housing, city government, any decisions that legally can be discussed publicly should be discussed publicly. These executive sessions, come on. All right, you're going to hire a judge? Then do the interview so the public can hear them. You want to you wanna, you wanna pass the, uh, uh, the law where you can have marijuana shops on the public street? Let the public vote for that. Put that on a referendum. If the citizens want a weed shop, then let the citizens vote for it. I don't think seven people behind the table should make that decision for a whole community of 25,000 plus. Ain't nothing wrong with a good joint. I'm not, it should have been decriminalized a long time ago. But <laughs> you don't, you know, you have to think what's best for Peace Scale. Do we want open market weed shops? I, I heard the mayoral candidate McKenzie said, well, if we do that, we want to make sure that, that, that black folks are included in, in owning these weed shops, really. Is that the expectation you want to put out there for a community who has been villainized for years for their drugs? By the way, we've never had a whole lot of drug weed arrests, anybody going to jail for 20 years like they have in other places. But that's not what we have here. So we're not going to get that money. I think there's a thing that the state is saying that you'll get. We're not going to get that because we don't have those kind of arrests. We didn't have those kind of arrests. And if we do have it, we'll get 20 grand. Not against it. Let the citizens vote for it. And then let's look at the zoning of where it should be. If we put it right down here near Rubens and everybody's hanging outside, puffing the joint outside the weed shop, what is that going to do for our businesses, our existing businesses? Then we got to look at, well, now you got people coming from downtown, down the city. Oh, they got good stuff in that shop. Well, are we going to worry about more crime? Are people going to hold up? Uh, there's a lot to think about when we just jump up and use stuff just to pique the interests of a certain group of people so you can get votes. Let's think about it. I, personally, I think it should go to a referendum. I see a lot of county, cities down county are opting out. Uh, they have until December to make that decision. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Sure. So you, you've talked about housing is a very important issue very for important. you. Um, uh, quality of life issues very important. What what are some of the issues that that you and the Republican slate are really focusing on that that kind of put you apart from the the other candidates? Transparency. Transparency. I, I they just I, I I can't say it enough. Transparency. There the, the other candidates can give you your views. Mine is the transparency, the quality of life and open government. Just open up City Hall. Talk to your people. It's not going to be easy. No one ever said it would be easy, but talk to, talk to the residents. Ask them what they want. Listen to us. Open our emails. Listen. And you're not going to like everything I say. You're not going to like, you know what I'm saying? But don't ignore us. Don't ignore us. They've ignored all of the citizens, your, your, your middle class, your taxpaying citizens. And, that, and let me make this clear before someone gets mad. Everyone says, well, if I go buy a beer, I'm paying taxes. Yeah, you are. But 
the taxpaying citizens keep our city workers, our police, our elected officials in office, they don't get them taxes, you ain't getting paid. I mean, I, if I got it wrong, they'll correct me, I'm sure they're gonna. We have to listen to your taxpayers. Your taxpayers are the bread and butter of this community. All right, and then we can address all the others. So transparency, transparency. I'd, I'd like to know what the finances. Like I said, this kid didn't talk about any of them. I'm sorry, Mayor. Did not talk anything about the, the, the finances of the city, nothing. We heard nothing he talked about. He lauded it to people that are on the police reform committee. Come on, I, tell me something. Tell us how we're gonna survive pre-post-pandemic. How? I think their response to the pandemic was slow. Me, I'd have been out there. But we did have grassroots leaders, uh, Chappie Manza, the Rotary, everybody out here doing everything they could for the food deficient people, they, and they're still doing it, okay? They're still doing it. Those are our grassroots leaders. The Chappie Manzas, the Louis Cigaras, the Bruce Lake, Bruce Bellums, those are our grassroots leaders. Leslie Lawler, who does the cleanup. Uh, um, there's just so many people to name that they leave behind and don't want to hear anything from them. Those are the people that I'm running for. So I can come in and say, hey, Chappie, yo, what's up? What's, what, what we gonna do here, okay? Um, we have a ticket that encompasses all of the city, all four corners. Gilio's from the south end, I'm west end. Billy Moran is the east end on the north end. And then you got Emiliano, who is, is also the north end, but Emiliano encompasses a community that is very large. And their voice, too, needs to be heard. I mean, they absolutely need to be represented. He came from a very humble beginning, and I guess when you talk to him, he will talk to you about that. So I think our ticket covers all four corners of the city, and all four corners of the city we will represent. And obviously you have a lot of love for this city. I do. <laughs> I do. Tell me, uh, just uh, finally to wrap things up, what are, what are some of your favorite things about Peekskill? some of your favorite places or, or just what about the city makes you love it so much? The Skittle, the bag of Skittles, the different kind of people, all kinds of people, just the people, any kind. I like any kind of people. Um, the businesses, the restaurant row, I enjoy. I enjoy. Now, this administration has done some things that are enjoyable. I like when they close off the streets and allow us to get out and, and hang out and get to meet people that come in from other cities to enjoy our restaurants um just the river the river has always been beautiful um even as kids we would go down there and fish and, and i miss that doing that myself i'm a little older now the city just i just love all of the people any people I, a rumor has it i don't like people that just moved here absolutely not true okay i'll stand at the bridge yo y'all come on in i love the city but you cannot come here and change our thread. Okay, come here and enjoy us, get to know us. You know, turning our side streets into parks, you know, you're taking our, our green away from us. I, I.
I don't want all of this concrete. That's New York City. Peaceskill is the grass. People come from the city to come to our river to have cookouts years ago. They don't do it as much, but they still go to Croke Point. So this northern tier, this Hudson Railroad tier up here, I, I just love it. I just love it. You know, I love it. Well, great. Well, Ms. Brown, thank you so much for sitting down with me. This has been a great uh, conversation. Okay, I was nervous. <laughs> River Talk is a production of River Towns Media, publisher of River Journal and River Journal North. For more information, check out riverjournalonline.com slash rivertalk. Do you know someone from the area who would make a great guest on the show? Let us know at rivertalk at rivertownsmedia.com. River Talk is executive produced by Alan Begun and Bruce Apar of River Towns Media. I'm Christian Larson, and I'll see you next time.